when you hear the phrase overseas Filipino worker, what usually springs to mind? Perhaps the song Babalikarin which mentions Saudi, Japan, or Hong Kong. And yes, when an OFW is mentioned, we usually think that this is probably a person based in the Middle East, Southeast Asia, or North America. But if you want to leave the Philippines, you don't always have to go on the path well-traveled. The typical locations are the ones that have been tried and tested. But what if you try to blaze a new path? What if you head to Europe instead? Then maybe you'll see as Robert Frost once famously said, Two roads diverge in the wood and I, I took to one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Hello everyone, welcome to the 32nd episode of Banana Q Podcast. As is our monthly tradition, we have another OFW guest, this time someone who currently lives in Germany. His name is Lawin, and if he sounds familiar, that's because he previously guested on episode 25. Without further ado, here's our conversation. So my name is Lawin and I host my own show like Heidi and it's called Popular Cultural Cherry. Yeah, so why is it called that? So basically these days you hear the term popping your cherry when you try something for the first time. Maybe for the older generation it means something else but <laughs> okay. at least for our generation it means trying something for the first time and what basically I wanted to share is my experience of living somewhere else, somewhere foreign for the first time. And it's more about sharing cultural experiences with other people and other people sharing their experiences with me. Oh, sounds cool. So basically, Lawin is an OFW just like me and Ray. And so he thought, you know, he's a perfect fit as a guest for our podcast. And that is what we are going to tackle today, which is how did he become an OFW and his experiences in Europe? I never really knew much about Europe growing up. I also didn't travel that much until I was like 21. But when I was in university, I did this volunteer work with a group called ISEC. I don't know if you're familiar with ISEC. Oh, no, I've never heard of it. It's an international organization of universities. So every university almost in the world has an ISEC chapter. And basically what you do is you can do internships in other countries or you can do volunteer work in other countries. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So I finished in DLSU Manila. Uh, I did my bachelor's there. And after I did my bachelor's, I did a short volunteer work in Vietnam. So I lived in Vietnam for three oh, months. Oh, wow. And I taught English. And I also actually spoke about cultural differences in Vietnam, in Hanoi. Actually, there, that's the first time I had encounters with people from Europe. So some of my colleagues were actually from Europe. Oh, okay. I was able to kind of have a very good friend who was from the Netherlands. So oh, that was my first right. encounter. When I was 21, I met a guy from the Netherlands. We became like best friends. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Until now, I'm, I'm now 31. So I'm 10 years past. We're still really close. I, I get to see him now more often because I live right across the border in Germany. Yeah, so that's my first experience with European people. And then later on, I started working in the Philippines. I guess like you, you work in Manila. Yep. And after a while, you understand how working in Manila is stressful and the traffic <laughs> situation. Yes. Uh-huh. The politics in the office. All these stuff come together. 
I worked in a big company in uh, Makati Avenue. Right, okay. It's a telecom company. Uh, let's not name the name. So six years, I worked in telecoms. And then I decided to do a backpacking trip in Europe. Oh, wow. To visit my good friend. So I saved some money to do a trip. It's not cheap. Especially if you're coming from the Philippines, it's far away. You need a visa. You need to show money to get your visa to enter Europe. And at the same time, if you earn peso, when you're a tourist there, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, everything's yeah. like, you know, your money is, is gone <laughs> in a second. Yep. I did that trip. I visited my friend because actually a few years back, he visited me in the Philippines. And we also Ooh. did some backpacking throughout Southeast Asia. So 2016, I visited him in Europe and I just fell in love with everything. Oh, where is he in Europe? He's based in the Netherlands. Right, in Amsterdam. No, not in Amsterdam, in a smaller city in the south. It's called Tilburg. And it's close to a big city called Eindhoven. Oh, in, in the okay. Netherlands, these are big cities, but compared to cities in the Philippines, these are villages or small cities. <laughs> I have been to Amsterdam and I understand why you fell in love. I also fell in love when I first saw that place. So you decided to stay because of that. I was a tourist, so I decided to go back and find a way for me to be able to get there eventually. Through a legal process. Of right? course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nice to be TNT, right? It's hard. <laughs> I, I hear some people who are TNT and you don't have benefits, you can't go home, and it's just a hard life. Yeah, I don't want to do that kind of way as well. TNT is an acronym which stands for Tago ng Tago, which in English means always hiding. It's a term used for Filipinos who become illegal migrants in other countries. I went back to the Philippines for a year and I realized that the easiest way actually for someone from the Philippines to come to Europe and settle down there and immigrate is actually to study again. Oh, okay. I never did my master's in the Philippines. So I did bachelor's work for six years, like most people in the Philippines do. In Europe, it's very important that you have a master's degree. So if you only finish your bachelor's, it's like you're not finished yet. You need to have a master's degree. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. I was looking for different universities that would accept my credentials. And one thing you also have to know is that for some reason, I have no idea why, a lot of Filipino universities are not really accredited in Europe. Actually, none of the universities are really accredited. Oh, really? Not even like Ateneo or something like that? Not even Ateneo, La Salle, or UP. You have to always go through some extra processes. In the Netherlands, it's a bit more flexible, but in Germany, you have to get special accreditation. But I was able to find this business school that would just accept me straight out. I had to take some special exams, and obviously you have to take that English exam. I had to take some special exams to show my analytical skills, for example, in my English. I'm just thinking, do you think that maybe they just don't trust everyone as a whole because maybe it's from recto, you know? Yeah, it could be. Like, just to be sure. <laughs> so just to be on the safe side, let's just test you to make sure that you really are from that place. Maybe <laughs> yeah. It could be that. Or it could just be that the universities don't have a relationship with the universities here. Or with the education ministry here. Because we don't send a lot of students from the Philippines to Europe. Yeah, you're right. You have a point. So you took these exams and then what happened? And then I got accepted. I was able to get also some financial aid from the business school. Oh, that is nice. Is it 100% or not? No, 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 no. But that's more or less 50%. Oh, that's still a huge deal, right? It's a huge deal. Yeah, but is the tuition expensive? It's expensive. How much is a semester? I did the master's for a year and 
I paid in total with accommodation. I don't remember how much I paid for the tuition, but with accommodation, with everything else, I think I spent maybe 1.3 million pesos. Wow, that is a huge amount of money considering you already have 50% off the tuition, right? Because living expenses are expensive. I'm interested about this housing that you mentioned, right? So it includes accommodation. So was it a dorm? What was it like? Uh, it's a one-bedroom flat. It wasn't a dorm actually. And I had my own kitchen and my own bathroom. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, it's super good because you actually can get also support from the government when you study. So I was studying and I was able to find this flat that was a bit pricey. But because I was a student, the government covered some part of this. Ah, nice. So was it the school that found that flat for you as well? or No. You had to look for it yourself once you got there. I was homeless for a while. I was living on the floor of my Indonesian classmate. Oh my gosh, okay. Uh, it was tough. It was tough. I didn't have any relatives there, in at least in that city where I studied. Wait, which city is this again? It's uh, called Maastricht in the Netherlands. It's the southernmost city of the Netherlands. I see. Was it close to your friend's city? An hour by train. An hour plus. Oh, that's still quite far. I see. It's oh, it's because far. Netherlands is very big compared to, say, the Philippines. No, no, no. The Netherlands is very small. But the trains are expensive. So even if I could travel there one and a half hours, maybe stay with my friend, it wouldn't make sense financially. Okay, so you stayed there and you studied for a year. Yeah. Is it like a business? It's like an MBA, yeah. Uh, MBA, all right. So yeah, so I finished my studies after a year and then it took me some time to find a full-time job. Actually, when I was studying, I was able to also get a part-time job. During Sundays, I would wash dishes for a restaurant because I didn't speak the language. I couldn't be a waiter. Oh, okay, got it. So I could just like be in the back. So legally, uh, you can work a few hours uh, a week and I just work every Sunday for, I don't know, five hours. So that helped. So what was the language that is the main language there then? It's not English. It's Dutch. It's a language that's very close to German. But sometimes also sounds like English. Something in between German and English. So you looked for a job for how long? I think I was able to find a job after three months. But I wasn't able to find a job in the Netherlands. Maybe I submitted 100 applications. I got five interviews at best. And I got into very late stages of interviews with some big companies. But ultimately, they didn't hire me. Mm. But I was lucky I was able to find a job in, in Germany. Wow. Okay. So so you moved from Netherlands to Germany. I had to move, yeah. Yeah. How far is Netherlands from Germany? Like by train <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, because I'm actually, terrible at geography. So just, <laughs> just, let us, just let the listeners know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So actually, if you're not familiar with Europe, Germany and Netherlands are neighbors. And because of Schengen, there's no border. And actually, my city, Maastricht in the Netherlands, is only 30 kilometers away from my city now in Germany. So it's a neighboring city. So if you take like a train, how, how far away is that? 40 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. So I guess my question in relation to this is the visa then. So you had a student visa. You're allowed to stay for how long? So when you have a student visa, after you finish your studies, you have three months to leave the country. Because if you finish a master's or a PhD in most of the European countries, you're granted what's called a search year visa. Oh. So you have three months to apply for this visa or you can go home. 
And then you can apply for what's called a search year visa, which is another extension of one year to look for a job. So that's what you had. Yeah. You had that. That's why you were able to stay for three yeah. months, right? Or more, actually. And luckily, you managed to find a job in Germany. Right. So you managed to find a job in Germany. Is it in the same field as what you had in the Philippines or no. not at all? Like, what was your field in not the Philippines? At all. So in the Philippines, I was working in telecoms, but I was doing more of project management slash marketing. And then here, it's more of IP manufacturing. Oh, okay. That's very different. And I'm doing more of sales. Okay. So it's a good thing they hired you then. How did you even manage to yeah. <laughs> get such a job? Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. I think I was lucky because it's a small company. And I think there wasn't that many competition for this job because it's a small company in a small city in Germany. It's not like in the Makati, basically, right? So it's no. like some, you know, if you compare to the Philippines, maybe it's like somewhere far away. Like my city is what you would compare, maybe like Roja City in Capiz. Uh, like okay, so like nobody wants to like, go there. <laughs> nobody would really apply for that yeah, as their first option, right? <laughs> Okay, that's why you didn't really have a lot of competition. So, all right. So you were hired. And then how did the, that go? Did they pay you a relocation allowance or something like that? Actually, no. Because it's a small company. Okay. They didn't really have any set rules for hiring foreigners and these are like relocation packages or whatever. And basically what I had to do is I had to apply for a German work visa from the Netherlands. Was that fast? It took a couple of months as well. Wow, that is so long. And basically my, my employer had to say to the German labor ministry that we're hiring this foreign person because he has these skills and we weren't able to find a person who's either from Germany or from the European Union. And this is why we need to sponsor his visa. So there are these conditions. Yeah, because I would imagine that Europe is probably stricter with giving out visas than, say, I don't know, Singapore or maybe even Hong Kong. Maybe, yeah. I think in Singapore, they have become stricter as well, and they also need to do that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it takes that long. So two months is quite long. So two months, you didn't have a job. I got the job in December. I got the email that, oh, you're accepted and we'll help you with your visa. And then I started my first week in the mid of February. So at that point, you were jobless for five months. Pretty much, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, and how was that? Did you still have a part-time job during the entire that entire time or what? Actually, because I was not a student, I didn't have my student visa anymore. I don't think I was able to work. Like, I was doing odd jobs. I was selling people's stuff on, like, Facebook, like, secondhand stuff, just like side hustles. Yeah, but that can't have been easy. I mean, I, I also went through a period of being jobless and, like, you're always anxious, right? Like, oh my God, am I gonna find, is that visa gonna be approved? So I'm sure you were very anxious and you're probably very, very That's happy right. when finally you got the approved visa, right? <laughs> Let's let's say that because I was able to work in the Philippines for six years and I was quite good at saving, I never really bought many material things. So I had some savings, but I had to even borrow money for this whole thing because it's it was just a lot too much. I'm sure it's a lot because it's Netherlands, it's expensive there. I mean I visited there. The, the food, the meal there is a lot more costly than a meal in the Philippines. It's a lot. <laughs> so Even compared to Singapore. Yeah, yeah like, it is. Like even, yeah, even me who was living in Singapore at that time and I visited Netherlands, I found their food to be expensive. So yeah, I can imagine how that really put a hole in your pocket. 
So I'm sure you were very happy when finally you went to Germany. So I guess you could talk about that next phase. The thing about the Netherlands and Germany is that in the Netherlands, everybody speaks English, like as their second language. So if you go to like a supermarket, you go to the cashier, you talk to them, they can answer you in English almost all the time. But in Germany, that's not the case. Oh, no. And I didn't speak any German. Then how how is that? It was hard. I was lucky because also when I was living in the Netherlands, I met my girlfriend. And my girlfriend was actually German. Oh. But she was living in the Netherlands and working in the Netherlands. So she could help me a bit. But in general, day-to-day stuff, I had to really learn like basic German as fast as I could. Okay, so did you take up language lessons then? Yes. I've been taking language lessons ever since I moved here. And right now, I'm still in the intermediate level. But I only do it part-time. So imagine I for two years, I've just been studying the language two times a week for like two and a half hours every session. And I'm still in the middle level. I have heard the German language like, you know, in bits and pieces. And it doesn't seem like a easy language to learn. No, 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 no. And also the way they pronounce things is very hard. hard and I, I imagine it's probably very difficult to learn. It's difficult. Yeah, I I remember, I just suddenly remember that I actually have a former colleague. He is half Italian and half German. And even he himself admits that he doesn't really know German that well. And yet he is half German. (laughs) So he said it's very difficult to learn. Okay, so I can imagine your pain. But now, how do you deal with this in your, you know, day-to-day life? You survive somehow. In the beginning, really... I could just say hello, how much, and these kind of stuff. But the problem was that every time I enter, for example, I go to the government office because I need some papers done for my house. Like, I need to register my home address. Oh my God, nobody spoke English. Oh no. And then we're just staring at each other. He just gives oh, me God. the contract. And then I have to kind of consult with my girlfriend. Like, what do I do? <laughs> and then, oh like, my God. Things like this. Uh, it's, it was hard. Now I'm at a level where if I go to a, for example, last week I went to the bank. And I had to do it in German. Oh my God. It was still tough. Like oh I could God. understand maybe 50, 60% of what she's saying, but it's still hard. And that's me after two years living here. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intermediate German. Oh, shucks. <laughs> but at least you know a little bit now. Yeah. Okay, so when you moved there, that's the that's the situation, right? You had to go to work and you had colleagues and whatnot. How was it like? Was it easy to befriend people? That sort of thing. I think at work, in general, it's not like in the Philippines where you work from 9 to 5 or 9. No, sorry, 9 to 6. Earliest, right? Earliest, yes. you leave at 6. Normally, if it's Friday, automatic, you go out with your office mates, right? You go drinking, you go you yes. go for dinner. Gimmick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even during your lunch hour, lunch breaks, you go down. If you're in somewhere in Ayala, you go down, you eat somewhere, small restaurant, Jolly Jeep, doesn't matter. You hang out with your colleagues. Yep. But here, the lunch breaks are pretty fast and you're normally just eating in front of your computer and you bring your own lunch or you just go to the supermarket and buy like some pre-made sandwiches. I don't think I can say that I have really close friends from my work after two years. So because the culture is very different, work is work, life is life. After five o'clock, like I go home and we probably never really will go drinking unless there's a company event. I, I see. Yeah, I, I think it's similar 
you know, in Hong Kong. <laughs> I mean, in a, is it? No, not really. Maybe Hong Kong is still okay. I think Asians tend to bond over food. Right. Some of my colleagues who work in North America, they had the same statement. Like, you don't really chit-chat over lunch. You eat it in front of your desk for 30 minutes, and then you go home, you know, on the dot at 5 On the PM. dot, right. Yeah and, yeah, and they tend to separate, as you said, work from life. Okay, so it's the same thing in the Netherlands. Uh, no, sorry, not Netherlands. Sorry, it's the same thing in Germany. In Netherlands, actually, here it's also the same. So I think it's a European-wide, at least this part of Europe has the same culture in terms of work. But the nice thing is that after five o'clock, no one's going to message you. I remember when I was working in the Philippines, each project that you have has its own Viber group or WhatsApp group. And then at <laughs> night, before you sleep, there are like 10 messages per group and like each project, like everybody's still talking about work, you're receiving emails at 9 p.m. And that would almost never happen. Oh, that's good. So the, uh, they do have like a distinct work-life balance or work-life divide over there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think in the Philippines and, and same in Singapore. Maybe there's a thing in Asia. Yeah. We are workaholics, maybe. I don't yeah. know. So I guess we could talk about cultural differences that you found in general, not just at work. Maybe we can start with Netherlands. Yeah, sure. Do you have any interesting cultural differences that you noticed between the Filipinos versus the Dutch? There are quite a few, actually. But I think one of the starkest differences that Filipinos would have when they go there is the directness of people. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know yeah. how it is in the Philippines, right? Yes. Like you're, you're fake. We're so paligo illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Palig- like you're, cut, you're going behind the bush. People there will just tell you how they feel, what they think, and they don't really care how you receive it. I think Filipinos, we try to skirt around the issue. We try to be like as gentle as possible to the point of lying. <laughs> to the point of lying. Like it's fake already. Like, yeah, yeah, why yeah. are you so nice to me? <laughs> your, your boss will always say, ah, oh, this is good, but these are the revisions you have to make. I think here, there's no, this is good. Let's just say, oh, this is shit. Like, <laughs> you have to redo it. <laughs> so I, I guess at first it was like shocking, but you got yeah, used to it. Yeah, of course, of course. You get used to it. Actually, if you get used to it, I find it quite better. Actually, it's more efficient also. I agree, I agree. One thing I really had to get used to is punctuality. Oh, okay. Again, of course, you know how it is. Time. <laughs> Filipino time, right? We even have a term for it, Filipino time. Oh, At the best, that's 30 minutes late. Yes, best. But in Netherlands <laughs> and in Germany, it's the same thing. That you have to be punctual, like you have no excuse. Because also the traffic situation is good. At least in the Netherlands, you rarely get delays. In Germany, you get some delays, but also not as much. But in the Philippines, really, when you travel from point A to point B, you don't really know how long it will take you. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. Yeah, especially if like it's Friday night or it's raining or whatever. Two hours late is acceptable, right? Yeah, but even so, I think even without the traffic, I think it's just a bad habit in the Philippines, yeah. right? Like, for example, yeah. there's a party and it's, you know, it's 6 p.m. And then you start getting ready at 6 p.m. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's exactly. our culture. It's like, who cares? I I'm sure they don't expect us there at 6. So it becomes exactly. a thing. Yeah. Exactly. And this <laughs> yeah. is like fashion fashionably late it's like yes. there's not no such thing as fashionably <laughs> late it's like on, you're on time you're early or you're late but in filipino it's like oh i don't want to be too early because i want to <laughs> be fashionably late Never. yeah 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 you're right <laughs> one other thing that i really find interesting is food and food culture which i already spoke about a bit when i work but in general like people don't really eat full meals or what they call a warm meal you know how in philippines like you cook 
maybe two to three times a day. You have what we would consider in Europe like as a warm meal. So that's like rice and meat that you cook or whatever. But here, normally once a day is enough. Oh. The other meal is like, you know, just bread and some slices of cheese or some ham or maybe muesli or cereal with milk. Oh, so what is the warm meal? Is it the dinner or the lunch? Normally, it's the dinner. Oh, because of course, lunch, you just, as you said, you eat it in front of your desk. Yeah. Even in the weekend though, even in the weekend, like, you're just gonna cook once a a day. So even in the cold, you only have warm meal once a day. Okay, maybe you have, like, instant soup as Ah, the other meal, which is still warm, but it's, like, not really something you prepared, right? I see, I see. So so it's like they save their time as well. Yeah. So it's, like, a waste of time to cook. And maybe because food is expensive, so why would you want to spend too much? Could be part of that. Hmm. But yeah, but Netherlands is really good food. I haven't been to Germany, so I don't know what that food there is like. But I remember we really enjoyed the food in Netherlands. So Mm. what are your favorite foods there? I think in your podcast, which I listened to, you mentioned some that sounded familiar. But can you tell us what that was? In the Netherlands, you have what you call bitter balen. And it's like... Ah, yeah, I think I tried that. It's like croquette in the Philippines. So you have like gravy and some pieces of meat inside like a fried ball. This is regular food, staple food when you go out drinking. So when you're having a beer, you have oh. these bit of balen and you dip it normally in mustard. And this is good. One of the Dutch food that I like. And they have a lot of different food that go really good with drinking because they oh. have a nice drinking culture <laughs> like beer. I see. If you're into beer, they have like a couple thousand beers probably and then they have a lot of food that can go really well with beer. Oh, okay. And I think they have like the Holland fries, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fries is very popular. And it's not so normal to eat fries with ketchup, but rather with mayo. And it's thicker cut, right? It's not like the French fries we have in the Philippines, which is very small. No, no, no. It's thick cut and you have like a big... You have like your own big cone of rice, exactly. <laughs> it's like real potatoes. It's not yeah, like it's the, not yeah, the frozen, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah. what you mean, like the frozen one you get in, <laughs> in Charlie Philipp- Bureau, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not like that at all. Yeah, 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 I remember. There was a huge queue. And and I think they also have really good pastries. I think we enjoyed the pastries there as well as like the tomato exactly. soup. For some reason, our favorite oh, yeah, was yeah. the tomato soup. I don't know why, but like, be, yeah. we kept on it's raving good. about that tomato soup for our entire <laughs> European trip. Like we were in Amsterdam for maybe two days days and we were uh-huh. still talking about the tomato soup like 10 <laughs> days later i don't know why <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah so that's good then what about germany do they are they known for their food yeah i think germany has more well-renowned food one thing that's very german is like sausages like they make a lot oh, of types yeah. of sausages so if you're if you like sausages then they have like a lot yeah, yeah i think the cocktail sausages or what do they call them there's a german term for it right v- bratwurst or wurst yeah. oh so that's from germany yeah those are good yeah. and those are really springy it's not like the sausages again it's not like the hot dogs <laughs> you know it's what not I mean? like the red hot dog <laughs> no not at all it's like a bit more crunchy it's springy i don't know how to explain it like if you bite it it's bouncy right right exactly exactly some people really fry it and some people kind of just boil it but in general like it tastes really different from like the hot dog the red hot <laughs> yeah. dog we're used yeah, to yeah no, yeah not at all <laughs> yes i would say <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. And what else do they have? Oh, of course, there's a big drinking culture there as well, right? Oktoberfest. There's also a big drinking culture. But basically, they have a lot of dishes that use meat. So it's not normally just meat with a side dish of vegetables. And you have like meat cooked in in various ways. So it's kind of like lechon kawale. Like they have like their own type of like lechon kawale. 
cook German style. And don't they have like a pork knuckle as well? Is it a German? Exactly, thing, right? pork knuckle. Yeah, that's very German as well. But I find it always too much because the portions are big. <laughs> Okay. And you know how in, in in Europe it's not normal that you you order dishes for the whole table. Oh, okay. Each person orders their own dish, and that's yours. It's <laughs> yours, right? Not like the uh, Asian way. They're like ten dishes in the table. Everything's shared. No. So yeah, I find it sometimes a, a little too much, but that's the culture here. But wait, so are you telling me that normally a person would order a pork knuckle and they have to eat that by themselves? Yes. And they can do that? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but sometimes you see that they also throw away a lot of food. So I don't Aww, that's, that's one thing I don't like. Because the portions are so big and some people like obviously that person cannot finish it and then they just throw it away. So I oh, see this no. a lot and that's something I don't like about this kind of culture actually. Yeah, but I think it's because like we're not used to it. As Filipinos, we like to sulit. <laughs> we want to make the most out of what's what we have. Right, and your parents would really get mad at you if you leave even some rice on your table or on your plate. Yeah, exactly. So we we are not allowed to throw out food, and that's why as Filipinos, I remember if I watched American movies and they start a food fight, it like hurts my heart. Like, how <laughs> yeah. dare you? It's a waste. <laughs> yeah, like it's why? It's a waste. <laughs> I so I don't, mean. yeah. <laughs> right, right. As Filipinos, that's the thing. We don't waste food. We feel like, you know, you will get karma if you... Mm, exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, so... But I guess it's because that, that's that's what they're used to. They're not used to sharing their food. At least in restaurants, huh? At least in restaurants. Maybe not at home. Maybe they will. At home, they can yeah. put, At that's... least they can put it in the fridge or something. Yeah. Okay, so aside from that, um, yeah, how about, I don't know, other things? Not food? Maybe let's talk about non-food. <laughs> <laughs> getting hungry. <laughs> You're getting hungry, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of culture shocks for me here when I moved to Germany. Actually, something interesting is I'm actually editing right now my next episode that's going to be about German culture shocks. And one thing I, I talk about there is making friends. Oh. And that is very hard. That is very, very hard. Oh, because of the language barrier, right? Yeah, the language plays a big role. And actually, if you go to a lot of expat forums, a lot of them tell you that it's so hard to make local friends in Germany and that actually this organization called Internations, I don't know if you're familiar with Internations. I think there is one here as well, yeah. But Internations also makes expat surveys every year. Oh, okay. And in 2018, they released an expat survey about Germany that said that actually for settling in, Germany ranks bottom three in the world and one of oh the biggest God. reasons is because of making local friends. Oh, I think that that is a big part though because if you can't make friends you're going to be sad because it's human nature exactly exactly. to want to to have a connection like i know because i when i moved during the middle of the pandemic i also found it hard to make friends and i i completely understand it's very lonely if you don't make friends oh my god it's so lonely but your girlfriend is in netherlands now she found a job in germany so now we live together okay that's good then she moved back to germany because of me actually ah that's cute yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) So the thing is, it's hard to make local friends. And that being said, all of my friends here are also other expats or from other countries or stu- international students. Also, there's okay. not a big Filipino population in my city. Oh, okay. Maybe they're like 20 people. <laughs> We're the whole city. Okay. Yeah, because whole as you Filipino said, it's man. like the, you know, uh, was, what was your example? Aklan? I can't remember. Rojas, Rojas City <laughs> in Capiz. <laughs> in Capiz, yes. So, so that's why there are not a lot of Filipinos as well. Okay. But yeah. it's good that you have fellow expats because 
you can still somehow have each other. You can understand right. what each one is going through. And right. that's good then that you found internations. Yeah. And maybe, you know, if we have a listener here who is an expat in a place where it's hard to make friends, you should find out if there is an internations in your city. Yeah, internations or there's also this app called Meetup. I don't know if you know Meetup. Yeah, I know so, Meetup yeah. as well, yes. It's a good way to meet people who are like-minded, like usually they would have like some, if you're interested in a specific thing, like meetup is like that, right? Like exactly, you, exactly. You can, let's say, like badminton or books. Yeah. It's like a club, right? Yeah, exactly. and then and then you go out to the activities with like-minded people. And it's better to find friends that way because you already have something in common. I think that's the only real way I'm able to expose myself to other local German people. But the thing is, the German people you'd meet on meetup.com or internations are quite international-minded. So they've maybe they've traveled before, um, they've lived abroad, and they're very open to making international friends. So I think oh, that's good. It's, that's good. it's different from the regular local person on the street. I probably I can imagine that this, as you said, the normal <laughs> local person on the street probably are afraid to speak to you because like they feel like there's going to be a language issue. Exactly. They are not that good in English. You are not that good in German. We are not yeah, going exactly. to understand each other. How can we be friends, you know? Exactly. So, um, which is a valid reason for them to be afraid of you, I suppose. Right. You cannot blame them. You also cannot, you know, it's not like they're doing that on purpose. It's just a normal human thing to feel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but you know how it is in the Philippines, right? It's so easy to make friends. So yes, just, yes. It's so complete opposite here. I think that's why for Filipinos, we have a problem once we leave the Philippines because we realize we took it for granted that Filipinos are just naturally friendly. It's like you can meet someone on the first day, you're both new hires, and at the end of the day, you're best friends. That's super exactly, normal. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I know. then you move somewhere else and then suddenly like they're not as, you know... In the Philippines, like, you meet someone for the first time, like, pare, you know, like, you're such a And, you're, yeah, you're you're touching each other, you're hugging, you're kissing. You're hugging, exactly. You know, beso, beso. But other countries, they're like, it's not like that at all. Oh. If you're a Filipino, you're listening to this and you're thinking of becoming an OFW, please remember that that is a common sentiment, not just in Netherlands, in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in Japan. It's the same thing. Probably in most countries, it's like that. So just yeah, be we, warned. We're spoiled, huh? We were spoiled <laughs> yeah. in the Philippines. Super spoiled. Like, it's, it's super, super easy to make friends in the Philippines. People are so friendly and warm and feeling close. Feeling close. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Instantly yeah, yeah, feeling yeah. close. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not at all like that elsewhere. But the funny thing is... When you move somewhere and you meet a Filipino, like the feeling close factor like doubles. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like suddenly, yeah. whoa, and then like people, oh. <laughs> other people, they see you talking to this random other Filipino person and they think, Oh, that's nice. You saw someone that you knew back in the Philippines. Uh, no, this is the first time I met him. Then why do you act like <laughs> Exactly, exactly. My girlfriend said the same thing. When I met I meet random pe- Filipino people, it's like, oh, you know that person's like no, no, we just met, but we're going to meet up for lunch tomorrow or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it's like they're shocked. They're always shocked. And I said, you probably don't get this because you you have never left Singapore ever, I would tell me. Yeah. Singapore and friends. But I think you will feel that if you leave and leave somewhere else and you see another yeah. Singaporean, you would probably understand why we're like this. Exactly. You know, it's like you found home or something like that. 
Yeah, anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? I don't know, tips or anything really? I- I'll just share something about OFW communities in Europe. Yeah, go ahead. Like you said, right? Because you're both from the Philippines, you're kind of extra close to each other. Yes. Um, But one thing I-, I noticed actually that a lot of the... Filipino people here right now are nurses. So there are a lot of Filipino nurses here. It's quite cool because I was able to get the masks for free. Like I just oh. asked them, can I have the, <laughs> the mask? The disposable masks or is it like... The, the disposable masks when they were sold out everywhere. So oh, there's wow. a time they were sold out everywhere. But I was able to get some because of my Filipino connections. Yes, yes, that's nice. And, and the huge majority of them actually are people who kind of met maybe their husbands in the Philippines or online or something. So you'll meet also a lot of them here who are also working like maybe blue-collar jobs but are here because of their husbands. Okay. I I also wanted to add that you also meet right now a lot of people who are starting to study in Germany actually. Oh, the same way that you did. So Germany is still open despite being it a pandemic then? I think so uh, because I see some people who will start studying here. So I, there's our Facebook group called Pinoy's in Germany, Filipinos in Germany and I see people oh, they're doing their um, it's not really university level education, but it's called an apprenticeship. Oh, okay. Where you actually work and study at the same time. Oh, that's better then, right? Because you already have income, yeah. And then I think they don't really require that high of educational background back home. So oh. a lot of Filipino people are able to enter through these like apprenticeship programs. And I think also Germany's advertising them quite a lot. I see. And you think that, you know, does this need a lot of money? Maybe that's why a lot of people are applying because you don't really need a lot of money up front, do you think? I think it needs a lot of patience and discipline because you need to learn the language in the Philippines before you come here. Oh, you need okay. a certain level. And I think a lot of people, that might be a turn-off for a lot of people. Yeah, it's difficult to learn it's, Germany it's language. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the Philippines because I think there's only Goethe Institute. That's in Salcedo. In Salcedo Village, there's one institute there where you can learn German. Yeah, I think I saw that before. It's in front of Salcedo Park, actually. Oh, yeah, that's that's why that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to go to Salcedo Park all the time. That's why it sounds familiar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that kind of connects to the tips. If you want to kind of make a new life in Germany, there's a lot of ways. You just really have to be open to learning the language, of course. And you need to do a lot of research because these are not paths, a very popular paths that other Filipino people yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. I don't right? think so. Yes. So I never had a guide when I did it. And this is kind of why I wanted to start my podcast, maybe to give other Filipino people who want to move to Germany, maybe some guidance in that sense. Because I had nothing. I did everything by myself through research. Yeah, that's very commendable. <laughs> Would you say that it's easier to study in Netherlands or Germany then if people want to follow you? Since you studied in the Netherlands, is that an easier path? I think if you study in the Netherlands, you have to borrow money or have, have the financial backing. But if you want to kind of do it on a budget, then Germany is, I think, a better option. Because also rent is cheaper in Germany. Ah, and at the okay. same time, you have these apprentice pro- apprenticeship programs. Oh, yeah, you're right. So maybe that's why the, the Germany education is cheaper because actually you are working for them. So they're kind of paying. Are they paying you? I think they pay you like also a small amount. And maybe it might be enough to cover your accommodation. Your cost of living is covered. Then that's already more than enough for a lot of people in the Philippines, right? Like even if they maybe they just need to cash out for their fare or something. Yeah, their fare. I don't know. Maybe their visa also probably some money. But in general, education in Germany, as long as you 
learn German. So for the local people or if you're an international student, if you can do your program in German, it's free. Wow. Education is free. Like you only need to pay for your semester ticket, which is your public transportation. Wow, okay. Which is a one-time payment for the year or every six months you pay for it. But in general, the tuition, there is no twi- such thing as tuition fee. I see. So even for foreigners, that is why this is a better path. It's just that the caveat is it's in German. So you need to know <laughs> and they probably test you, right? You need to prove like you there's some kind of like it. IELTS version, but in German. Exactly. There's such a exactly. thing. What is it called? There's a lot. I, th- I think it's called, so, w- the popular one is called TELC. I don't know what it stands oh, for, but I haven't, yeah. I haven't taken it yet, but I'm preparing to take it <laughs> end of this year. And that's like the, the B, the B2 exam, which means that if I finish B2, I'm like intermediate finished. Okay. Good luck on that then. And you've been <laughs> studying you. for two years. So hopefully you will do quite okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. If you want to leave the country and if you want to kind of find a different path for yourself, don't always go to the, you know, the path well traveled. Like a lot of Filipinos would like go to the US, go to Canada. Because these are like the ones that have been tried and tested. But actually, there's a lot of opportunities in Europe. You just have that extra step of learning the language, which would not be present in the US or Canada or Australia. But I think the rewards are also there. At the end, so do you think that it's worth it moving there for you personally? Do you find that you love being there? I'd say I'm still adjusting to life, especially like the social side of things. But in general, I like the work-life balance. I like the sense of security. So Germany is very, very safe. Like nothing's going to happen to you. Even if you drink and go home and walk on the streets at 5, 4 a.m., 3 a.m., zero, nothing's going to happen to you. Not even like petty crime, like pickpocketing. So I like the fact that it's safe. I like the fact that when I pay my taxes, I know in some way or another, it comes back to me. Uh, <laughs> I know. No, which yeah, I, can, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I cannot exactly. say uh, in the Philippines uh, yes, is 100% yes, accurate. <laughs> Yeah, but is the tax percentage there high or Super what's high. the normal bracket? 40%, uh, something like that? Around, yeah, mid-40s. Okay, it's quite a high bracket. But you get everything back. If you compare the earning capacity there versus the Philippines, you know, when you, you have net at the end of the day, you still have a lot more left there compared to the Philippines, would you say? Like, is it worth it for people to move there because of that? Just financial gain, um, specifically. I would say you can get something similar in the Philippines, but the amount of effort for you to get that money would be way, way, way higher. And at the same time, also what I mentioned, like the sense of security, like your the pension system, like in the Philippines, even with your health insurance, your health insurance always only has like a maximum cover, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the German health insurance has no maximum. Like it doesn't Uh, matter what sickness you get, they're going to help you out. And also the advantage of being in Europe is that it's very easy to pre-COVID. I don't know if now that applies, <laughs> but it's very easy to travel around, right? Like you have the same, you don't even need the visa to go cross somewhere else. So that's one very good advantage, actually. Like that's why before I always like wanted to live in Europe, but I thought like that's an advantage if you're there. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to travel and everywhere in Europe is charming. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that way? Like, you know, you go somewhere in France or you go somewhere in anywhere. That Maybe it's because the architecture is different compared to what we're used to in Asia. It's refreshing. It's interesting. And also they preserve their architecture. 
in general, European cities made a lot of regulations to make sure that their ar- architecture stays similar to how it was hundreds of years ago. But also the history is very rich and the culture is very rich. Even though you have countries that share the same borders, the language is completely different. Their traditions oh, yeah, are completely yeah, yeah. different. For example, you're in France and then there's a border between France and Germany and you cross that border. Maybe the architecture is similar, but the people's traditions change a bit. And obviously the language change, changes a bit. Oh yeah, Fr- French is very different to German, right? <laughs> and actually, I'm in a very unique city. because So I live in a city called Aachen in Germany. It's the westernmost city of Germany. And I actually live in the border of three countries. Oh, which three countries? Netherlands. Belgium, and Germany. Wow, okay. So you can actually visit those two other countries anytime, right? I can walk. Wow. Well, cycle. It's like less, it's maybe 10 kilometers to get to the first Dutch town and also 10 kilometers to get to the first Belgian town. Oh. And the language would change a bit. So you enter the Netherlands, they speak <laughs> Dutch, and then maybe some of the signs look different because the language is different, the road looks different, and it's it's cool. Like it's It's a very unique place to be. Yeah, I would think so because we can't do that in the Philippines, right? Because we are surrounded by water. Exactly. I don't think you can just cycle somewhere and suddenly you're in Malaysia. It's not like that at all, right? So so that's fun for you that you could just <laughs> cycle to two different countries if you want to. So that's nice. Yeah. yeah I think that's yeah. the nice part about being in Europe. Yeah. Super, super fun. Yeah. Would you say that moving there is worth it? You underwent a lot of struggle. You borrowed money and all these things. So, you know, let's just say if you were suddenly whisked back to the past, would you do this all over again? I think now with the knowledge I know of Europe, I'd still do it, but I would do it differently. I see. So I, I just noticed recently that education in Germany is completely free. So that could have been an option. Maybe I should have studied German earlier in the Philippines. I also found out recently, actually, this is an important information for your listeners, that actually because we were a colony of Spain, we have some special benefits as Filipinos. Oh, in Spain. So actually, if you move to Spain and you're able to work there legally for two years, you can get Spanish citizenship. Wow, just two years. That's nice. And just two years. And Spain is one of the only, well, some one of the several countries in Europe that allows dual citizenship. So if I wanted to be German, I would have to give out my... Filipino passport. But if I wanted to be Spanish, I could be both Spanish and Filipino. Uh, nice. Okay. And yeah. also, I imagine it's easier to pick up Spanish. For sure. For sure. Yeah, because there are a lot of Filipino words that actually we pulled from Spain. <laughs> like You would be surprised, right? <laughs> it's 20% already Spanish. So I actually studied some Spanish back in Instituto Cervantes. In Well, I was studying in, in La Salle and then just a few stations away was the institute. So I did a few courses on, on Spanish. And then when I, I went to Spain in 2019, and I was actually able to use it. And Oh, nice. A lot of our words are similar. So if you know the basics, you can already get by. Even if you sound Baroque to them, you could still communicate. You can still communicate, <laughs> yeah. So actually that, if, if you're a Filipino and you want to go to Europe, honestly, one of the easiest ways to do it is through Spain. That's a very helpful tip. Exactly. And once you're a European citizen, you can move anywhere else because of EU. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good tip. 
Yeah. I think then I think that's <laughs> it. You have been very helpful. This has been a very interesting conversation for sure, and I learned a lot. <laughs> and I'm sure anyone who is listening to this would also enjoy it. Cool, so thank cool. you for guesting. And guys, please check out his podcast. It's also on Spotify. I think most of our listeners are on Spotify, so please find his podcast on Spotify. And he has his details there if you want to contact him. In case you're interested in moving to Europe, you are fine with answering their questions, right? Like. In advertising, yeah, for, sure, for, sure. for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure to follow us also on social media like Instagram or or Facebook, and from there you can easily contact me if you have questions about moving here. Actually, I have already had conversations, well, calls actually with two or three Filipino people who wanted to move to Europe and were asking, oh, what's the best way for me to get there and stuff. So I, I'm very helpful in that sense because I've gone through the whole process. Yeah, could you let them know what's your socials then so that they could follow you? Yeah, just follow me. I have a Facebook page called Pop Your Cultural Cherry and also the same name on Instagram. If you just send me a direct message. And I can easily reply there. We can set up a call and I can tell you what you need to know. Oh, you are so helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think people would love that. So thank you very much. Uh, this was very sure. enjoyable. Thank you, Heidi. After this interview, I took Lawin's advice and signed up for internations in Hong Kong. I joined an activity and actually made friends. Thanks for the tip, Lawin. If you like this episode, you might also like episode 25. Does Culture Matter in a Relationship? In which Lawen is also a guest with his German girlfriend Jen. They and two other biracial couples share eye-opening stories about their cultural differences, similarities, struggles, and fears. Thanks for listening! Mm-hmm.